screen. Yeldon, 30, 25. Make 20, a man miss. Right. He's going to go. He's yes. Utah shovel pass in the middle, picked up by Darius, Marcel Darius, Darius to the 15, he spins to the 5, touchdown! Must win to make the NCAA tournament, Sexton, got it, he got it, he got it! Here's Tua, stepping back, loads up, looks long, throws, end zone, touchdown! Touchdown, Alabama, Devontae Smith! Touchdown, Alabama! I'd like for the people to remember me as being a, a winner, because I ain't never been nothing but a winner. What's going on, guys? Uh, welcome to another episode of the uh, Crimson Crackers podcast. Um, I'm, getting, I'm getting pretty good. Mm-hmm. I'm getting pretty good at remembering those lines. Um, I'm just, I'm just letting y'all know now. If uh, y'all hear uh, noise in the background uh, and I start yelling, then that's why. It's not that I'm angry at y'all, but it's just a part of the process. Um, but, uh, anyways, uh, thanks for, thanks for listening. But, um, if you heard last week, I talked about my uh, kidney stone problems and it turns out that, uh, well, my doctor called yesterday and he looked at my CT scan and I didn't have anything at all. Um, so basically he just called me a puss. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I mean, that's how it goes sometimes. I got the same news about my little situation and they're like we didn't find anything i was like i'm still fucking hurting like what the... i'm like so basically yeah like i got the same phone call like yeah you're just you ain't nothing wrong with you boy no you're just not you're not a grown man yet you just don't know how to handle it <laughs> but uh but yeah i made it so dramatic though last episode but it just turns out that no, nothing was happening really but he said my ct scan wasn't that good because my uh, shit was in the way which I didn't know that what was that was a thing, but now I do. So um, if any of y'all have, ever have to do a CT scan, just make sure that y'all uh, y'all poop ahead of time. The more you know. Yeah, that's that's what they uh, that's what they teach in uh, medical school. Um, but yeah, it was a fun week. Uh, um, the Masters happened, which is the best tournament in uh, in golf, and it's one of the best sporting events, and um, it lived up to the hype for me. Yeah, I would say so. Um, didn't didn't uh, expect uh, the way it turned out at all. Didn't didn't really expect uh, Scotty Shuffler to absolutely dominate the uh, yeah. the entire tournament. Um, I thought, you know, I was expecting DJ to play a little better, but you know, turns out not uh not just not his uh. You know, yeah. four day stretch. You know, not not he wasn't up to that. Um, but uh, yeah, just Scotty just made everybody look like straight bitches. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you had a good pick with DJ, and he didn't play bad. But um, I mean, the way Scotty Shuffler managed the course, and I mean, he the thing about Scotty is he doesn't really have a a vital part to his game that like elevates him above other players. He's just really good at every every aspect. And, like, anytime he was in a weird situation, like, on a par five, he was off the green. He just always got up and down, and those strokes is what is what uh, won in the Masters, um, which it was weird because he's, he's ranked the number one golfer in the world, and uh, the media and really anybody who doesn't know golf, they thought there was just some random dude who won the Masters, but which it happens sometimes, but um, 
they just didn't recognize like Scotty Scheffler is right now is the best golfer there is. Yeah, it was it's pretty crazy how like how much he flew under the radar considering that like what this was his like fifth uh tournament win fifth or am i getting fifth or seventh like this win this year and like four wins and like seven starts which is insane it's like tiger that's it's crazy how much he he flew under the radar even even with that and uh and it's just like how it turned out it was like when it when you like it was like oh wow that's not surprising because of how he's been playing but like before we all you know this the whole you know master started it was like yeah we're looking at the big dogs like tiger dj justin thomas uh colin marikawa like you know and then you know scotty shelford just flew straight out of the radar and it look back looking back on it now it's like well it's not really that surprising but it's like wow he this year is definitely like he he's really really killing it this year yeah, considering I mean, the last sixty days, I know all those guys you named before him. Like, those are the names that everybody knows. And right now, Scotty Scheffler's on that same level of success that they are. But for how fast Scotty did it, that's what like differentiates him from the rest. And and in my opinion, like his the start of his career puts him in a level where like Tiger is. Um, yeah. Uh, the first time I heard of Scotty Scheffler was actually like the fact that he was a teammate with Jordan Spieth, and uh. I was watching Scotty Scheffler and Spieth, and I was like, damn, Scotty's actually – this was like maybe two, three years ago. I was like, Scotty's playing better than Spieth. Like, why is why is he not in the, in the spotlight? But now it's like Scotty's the guy and Spieth is just in his shadow. Yeah, really. They were, they were teammates at Texas, and uh, I think they won a national championship. Um, yeah, they did, but uh, I'm really impressed with what Scotty did. But uh, the most imp- – the most impressed thing I saw was Roy McIlroy on Sunday. I mean, his entire round was just amazing. And he, he really – it really was. And he, like, capped it off on the 18th hole with that that shot out of the bunker that was after Morikawa's. Mm-hmm. It was just, like, incredible. The incredible odds of that stuff. happening – the odds of that happening on the 18th hole and on a Sunday, both happening in the same – from the same bunker on the same hole um, – it was insane. And the fact that like Rory, Rory at that time, he was, he was really the only guy who was in contention for that could chase Scotty. Uh, mm-hmm. His Cameron Smith was with him, but I mean, he choked, but. Uh, yeah, he was, he, he definitely choked around like the 13th, the 14th hole. He like, I want to say he double birdied, I think on the 14th. And then he was just like. Yeah, he tripled about, bogey, whole, uh, I say he tripled bogey 12, that part, that part three. Yeah. Oh, was it 12? Yeah, it's that hole where Spieth choked a couple years ago, and Danny Willett won. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I know, I know the hole you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. He 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 started choking, and then you know it it panned to him, and he was just like, "Wow, I've just I've just thrown my chances away." <laughs> and then they turned to Rory, and they were, you know, showing him a lot more than than the Smith. Yeah, I mean the McElroy family, they just have to be so proud. They have Roy McElroy, and then they have Greg McElroy. <laughs> yeah. when, when, Rory, I first, when I uh Rory I thought he was his brother not not because they had the same name but the fact that like hell they they looked the exact same right and uh but I mean yeah I mean Rory's in the shadow of, of Greg McElroy but who, who <laughs> isn't you know? who isn't <laughs> I mean the tippy toe play against Florida will never be forgotten 
never it's actually i think it's one of the first videos in the uh in that like alabama intro at home games oh, I, I, I do remember that now <laughs> the moment <laughs> the first down yeah but i mean there was only one guy in the tournament that was from bama and it was jt which uh he started out pretty bad the first day but um he, he was up and down the entire week, but the fact that he finished eighth was really impressive from his start. Yeah, I would say that so because, he, yeah, like you said, he started out really not good at all, but he actually managed to finish, you know, in the top in the top uh, ten. Where, where did he finish? Eight? Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that, was a, that was really pretty impressive that he finished in the top ten after the way he started. J, yeah, JT does that more than anybody. He'll suck the first day, and then he'll – He'll play really good, but it will never be enough to like win. Yeah, he'll he'll he gives everything he has he, when he messes up. Right. He he uh <laughs> he turns it on when like it's there's no nobody's way nobody's watching him anymore. But you know, he's he's gotta get that bag. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um there's a I mean, there's plenty of storylines come out of the masters, but like of course everybody's just talking about Tiger and you're kind of a you're kind of a weirdo if you don't talk about Tiger out of this tournament. Um, like I feel like he, I mean, he's Tiger Woods. He's going to take the attention away from from every tournament he plays in. But uh, his, I mean, his first round was spectacular in those conditions. But those those last three days, that's what I really expected from uh from Tiger. Yeah, he uh, the first day they had well, they were having like mud balls and the conditions were not, weren't good at all. Yeah, and uh, and the then he started blowing up and like uh, Friday and Saturday. Yeah, yeah, and then and then the uh, started to die down. You know, and getting he was come he was like almost like coming back to earth really, and then really showed it. Uh, I want to say the last round was, uh, and then he finished. Um, he, he made the cut. He he made the cut, which that's that's at least like top 45 and I'm pretty sure he finished like tied for, or he finished maybe like 41st or something. I don't know. Yeah. It was like 43rd, 44th, some, something around there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad he played in the tournament, but like got, you could just tell there like excuses coming his back, his leg is, um, yeah. he's persevered through, but that that's one thing about Tiger is like, yeah, you can make excuses about it and you can talk about like, how much he's done to get here but like and i'm not the first person to say this but like it's tiger's fault <laughs> this, this, this stage th- i mean he was driving like what 100 miles an hour fucking on a curve and you like, don't you don't get a car car wrecked that bad and it's just like an accident no like you <laughs> it was you he had to have been snorting coke out of somebody's ass to do that yeah which i, I do have his shirt of the dui picture which <laughs> um, not really wearing public, but I, I should. Uh, no, actually, I wore it one time to school, and I was like, my teacher said, what are you doing? I was like, well, I'm going to class. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> was that Barnes? No, he actually loved the shirt. He said, that's sick. Oh, okay. Well, she was the only cool teacher out of that entire school. <laughs> um, but, uh, Again, I know most of y'all probably don't give a shit about the Masters or golf. 
shot. Most of the time when I talk about, like, I love golf, but if I keep talking about it, I'll just fall asleep in a chair. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say this, like, I like when it comes to NBA playoffs, I know everybody's talking about it now, especially, like, in sports talk or whatever, but um, I'm a Knicks fan, and I feel like I don't have the judgment or um, the uh, – my my opinions of the NBA don't matter just off, just off the base. Like I'm a Knicks fan. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh the Knicks haven't you know they they didn't they didn't do that great this year like they did last year. But uh, they're expecting to be okay this year, but because of last year they were pretty good. But is I don't I don't think they'll ever be a a on the level like the Sixers or teams like that. Um, yeah, I think until they they'll get to that point. If James if James Dolan like sells the team, I think the the environment around Madison Square Garden will be like a hundred times better if he's not control pulling the strings and in the building. I mean, they uh, try to they, they they try to make Julius Randle look like a superstar. That's <laughs> that's what did it. <laughs> yeah, it's like like signing like Marcus All and being like this guy's going to lead us to the. You have you yeah. have Kevin, you have Kevin Durant. We have Marcus All. Yeah, they're like we're gonna put this dude on the pedestal. He's gonna he's gonna lead our franchise, and we're putting all the faith in him. Yeah, but it's a depressing franchise. But I, I mean, I'm I'm hoping for a good future. But um, anyways, the playoffs, which the play the first playing games were today, and um, they went as I expected. Which I think Clippers and Timberwolves are playing right now. I don't know how that's going. Um. Anyway, the, uh, the Nets beat the Cavs. Yeah, which that's expected. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, going into this playoffs, since the Knicks aren't in it, which they never really are, except last year. Uh, <laughs> I, I usually just get to pick a team that I, I want to go for, um, for a certain reason, which is kind of fun. Um, and you know, the team I'm going for this year, just as a fan, is the Denver Nuggets because of uh Nikola Jokic. Um, it's solely based off because he's white. I'm just kidding. But he's just a, he's he's a uh, he's a cool player. He's um I like how he's slow, but he still is able to like dominate games somehow. Um, he kind of reminds me of like how my game would be if I was an NBA player. And I was and if you're like seven foot tall, seven foot tall, <laughs> <laughs> just add a couple inches. Um, everybody, I'm six ten by the way, so you know, um. But I, I love watching Jokic. He's just like he's so awkward with the ball, but he he always just makes plays on offense. And he's a he's a pretty good defender too. Um, he just brings a different element to the NBA, which he's you know guys like Luka Doncic and um, you know James Harden. He's a weird player, even though I don't like him. I like watching him. But yeah, I mean I'll go for the Nuggets just for the sake of I like I like Jokic. Yeah, and I'm gonna for my team. To root for in the playoffs, I would say the Pelicans because I mean, not only, um, well, not only do the Pelicans G League team or the Birmingham, Birmingham squad, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, not only that, but they also have Herb Jones, and Herb has been absolutely tearing it up, um, in his in his is, rookie uh, year. Is Kyra still there? Kyra's still there. He's he got hurt. I think he uh. I don't know, fucked up his leg or something. I know, I, I know he got hurt, and I don't think he's. I think he's done for the season. But uh, but they got Herb, and he's been like he's he leads the NBA in like steals as 
and he's doing that as a rookie. Um, like I'll see, I'll see clips of him just blocking the shit out of, like just making these ridiculous, like he'll steal the ball, um, and then dunk it, and then you know a couple of possessions later, and then block a three point shot, and then steal it, and then dunk it again. It's just like this dude is like. You would think he's like six ten, but he's really six seven. He just has like like seventy inch arms. Yeah, some but, of uh, impressive defensive stats, not just as a rookie, but just anybody in the league on a yeah, team like that, he, on a team that's not even that talented. No, the, the team that doesn't even have Zion, uh, you know, you know, he he's basically like the fan favorite right now in New Orleans, mm-hmm. and he's really you know. He's picking up the slack of where Zion would be, I guess, if he was healthy, which he's not. He's just a fucking slob, 300-pound defensive <laughs> but end. But he's point. so gifted, though, like the way he can dunk and everything. But, I mean, if he just keeps gaining weight, he can't – I mean, he's just going to look like Booger McFarlane. Yeah, he, I mean, yeah, he's literally Booger McFarlane at this very moment because he's eating too much gumbo and crawfish and, I don't know, like Popeye's chicken, I guess. Uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, he just – Zion can't stay healthy, so you know we're, the Pelicans are relying on you know Herb to uh, you know pull his weight, and uh, I'd say that that's definitely my team I'm rooting for in the playoffs. They're um, uh, they're in the play-in tournament. I think they're like a ten seed, and they're going to be playing Spurs. the Spurs, which I wouldn't be surprised if the Spurs win because just pop you know in the playoffs, yeah. But uh, I mean, I don't, I'm not expecting the Pelicans to go far since they're in the play-in tournament. And it's kind of a long shot for them to really, you know, make it or make the playoffs, uh, being in the play-in tournament. But you know, there's yeah. it's always you know, it's a team gotta, to go, you gotta for go for somebody. Yeah, you gotta go for somebody. Um, but yeah, even though I'm going for the Nuggets, I I don't think they're gonna make the finals, which is like, um, you know, when it comes to the finals, uh which we're going to make predictions about that. Um, I'm going to go with the Philadelphia 76ers, which is one of my most hated teams, uh, probably behind the probably behind the uh, Nets and Lakers. Um, you've asked me that before, which, which team I hate more. And I don't – what do I usually say? I don't, I don't know. Which team do I hate more, like the Lakers or um, – no, I hate the Nets. Lakers. Yeah, you, uh, you, you. Every time I bring up the Nets, you say you hate the. Or if I bring up any team, you, you. The Nets. It's like the Nets. It's like the Nets. Or who'd you rather win the championship? It was like the Nets or the Lakers, and you were like, I'd rather the Lakers win because oh. fuck the Nets. Oh God, I said that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when was that? <laughs> that was last year. Oh God. I really said I would rather want LeBron to win a championship. Yeah, wow. and I was like debating with you. I was like, "Are you serious? You'd rather you'd rather you'd rather want LeBron to win another one?" Yeah, oh, God, that would be my nightmare. He's the only re- he's the reason I went in the NBA just so I could hate him. <laughs> he was my icon just because I hated him. But yeah, I think I I just hate the Nets because remember we were sitting in that in the Atlanta airport and like the Knicks' future was just crippling. Well, we're, I remember we were in the elevator and um, on our Royal Caribbean ship in the damn elevator when I get the notification that uh, Kevin Durant is signing with the Nets. And, uh, and you knew, you knew when KD signed with the Nets, everyone else was too. 
like Kyrie. And- yeah, and, and then it was like a then it was like another report. I think when we were in the airport, that it was like Kyrie Irving might sign with the Nets as well. And I'm like, and, and you were just like, oh my god. Randall Randall signed that same day, and I was like, oh oh my god. Well, he's like the eighth eighth role player for the Lakers. <laughs> yeah, you, you're like, what? Who the fuck? Like, why are we signing Julius Randall? And you sign him. They sign him to like a big ass deal too. Uh, and Taj Gibson can't forget about him. But uh, now, one thing people forget about is they try to make DeAndre Jordan sound like he was going to make a big three at the Nets. Like DeAndre was going to be a superstar. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, they were like breaking news. They're bringing in DeAndre DeAndre Jordan. To the Nets. <laughs> That's, that seals it. That's going to do yeah. it. And he didn't. He he only played like. 30 games and then they just cut him yeah he's moving everywhere now but um but yeah going back to the final stuff like yeah I think I like the 76ers just because um Embiid's playing fantastic and I think adding uh James Harden is they got they got a score outside they needed which you know Ben Simmons of course couldn't do that um and he was pretty lazy but uh I love the coaching I love Doc Rivers and I think that I think that roster from uh top to bottom is really good um and of course, in the in the West, um, every team has an opportunity to win. But uh, the Suns, they had a fantastic record. I don't think they lost more than what, like fifteen games, which is crazy. Okay. Uh, it was something like 15, 20 games. Um, yeah, eighteen. But they're young, fantastic. Monty Williams is a good coach. Uh, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, um, even their even their like role players like uh, like Cam Johnson. Yeah, um, I love what the Suns are doing, but. Um, in that matchup, I'm going to take the 76ers maybe in like six games. I'll go six games. Yeah, um, it's going to be tough, but uh, the Suns are going to be the chalk pick. But I'll, I'll take the 76ers to to win that one, even though I don't like them. So my my finals prediction was almost you know sorely similar. I'm going with the the Suns out of the West because I mean I feel like they're far and above the best team in the West, yeah. and then. For the East, it was kind of a toss-up between the Celtics and the 76ers. I'm kind of, you know, living in my head, and I think that maybe uh, Joel Embiid or, you know, um, James Harden might not perform up to par for the uh, 76ers in the playoffs, and I'm kind of thinking that the Celtics would uh, beat them in a matchup. So I'm having the Suns and the Celtics in the finals, and I would I would say that the Suns would win in five. I like that. Um, yeah, I, I just think it'd be stupid to go with the team against the Suns. Uh, of course, the Grizzlies are a fun team with Ja, and um, they earned that two seed, but the Suns are just a few steps above a, a very talented Western Conference. Yeah, the thing with the Grizzlies, they're, like, they're the two seed, but, like, Jaw's been hurt and they have like a they have like it was I saw a stat it was pretty ridiculous it was like the the Grizzlies were like 20 and 5 with Jaw <laughs> not playing yeah with Jaw like being hurt and not playing at all and I was like wow that's that's a little uh that's a little alarming but uh yeah it's I mean you just look at the picture like I haven't watched much NBA this year the west it looks you know, pretty similar as always, except, you know, the Grizzlies being a two seed. Um, but everything's the same for the West. Uh, you know, you got Dallas, Utah, Golden State. Golden State back in it uh, with, you know, Steph, hopefully Steph and 
Clay, you know, they stay healthy. Um, but then you go to the East. The East is completely different. Uh, but before we were, we, we started recording, I had no idea that the Heat were the number one seed, which is yeah. – it's crazy because, uh, you know, n- not even a couple – like a week ago I saw that, like, Jimmy Butler was about to throw hands with with uh, Eric Spolstra. And uh, I, I thought they – like, just off of watching that video, I was like, yeah, they're definitely the sixth seed. Mm-hmm. But no, they're the, they're the one seed, and uh, I thought I thought Chicago was a little higher. I thought they were the three seed. Uh, but no, they're the uh, six seed. They fell off. They were they were very good early in the season, but injuries and uh, I mean Demar has been fantastic, but that I think that team chemistry and the injuries is why they're uh, why they drop so much. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, there's just I think the point in time when when Steph and uh, Clay were building their thing in golden state that i think that's when the west kind of separated themselves from the from the east do you agree with that yeah i would say so they uh even the spurs I mean, you had every, yeah like during the you know the 2014 2015 around that area you had in the west you had golden state um the spurs because it was like not long after you know the spurs it was like a year before that's when the spurs beat the heat Mm-hmm. You had Golden State, the Spurs, um, Rockets were good. Yeah, the, the, the yeah the Rockets they had you know they had Dwight. Can't Harden. believe that they had Dwight and James Harden. That was like their big duo. Yeah. Um, damn, who else was it? Oh, uh, the Clippers. The Clippers. They they would always finish like you know top three. Paul Blake. Yeah. They had their big three: Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan. Um, they were so good in the regular season, but they never, they never could figure out what the hell was wrong in the playoffs. They would always lose in the first round or second round. They never made it to the, mm-hmm. the uh, Western Conference Finals, and you know they ended up getting rid of Doc Rivers, and now he's in, now he's in uh, Philadelphia. Philadelphia, yeah. Um, it's such a weird shift to see like what the Western's done compared to the East, but and NBA is not really the only league that that happened to. I mean, in the NFL. If you look at this offseason, the AFC is just insane compared to what the NFC was, which a couple of years ago it was it was you know flipped. Um, mm-hmm. And especially division play, like the Western divisions in the NFL are, are like that. But um, professional sports, I guess that's just it, it's a habit. Um, teams, one team becomes good off of their their base talent, and the teams that they have to compete with every year they have to they have to adjust to that, and that's why we see teams like. Um, you know, the 76ers making, you know, signing these guys or, uh, you know, the Lakers doing what they have to do to compete, which they're ass. Uh, which, I mean, you can't play with 35-year-old men. You know, you can't have a 12 roster of, like, 35-year-old. Yes, you can't win with a guy like LeBron James, you know. <laughs> you, got, uh, <laughs> you got Carmelo Anthony who's, like, 36 years old. Like, you're not getting the same – Mellow that was in New York. And I got get Syracuse Carmelo. Yeah, and you got to, you're acting like you're going to get, you know, the same Westbrook that's been in OKC that's been, you know, throwing out triple doubles, but not mm-hmm. this year. He's averaging like 14 points per game and shooting like 28% from three. Yeah, it's just funny. Probably not even that. Probably worse. It's funny seeing LeBron just collapse his entire fame and career. Uh, nobody's really going to remember him, I guess. Yeah. Who cares about communists? You know, 
LeBron's a fucking asshole. Well, that's enough NBA talk for me. If I just keep you on, I'm gonna want to shoot myself. <laughs> I, I just don't have that big of a connection with it. Thanks to the Knicks. Um, but you know, talking talking around. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for me, I don't have a team. I don't fucking like. I would, I would be a Hawks fan if they drafted Luca. But no, yeah. they didn't draft Luca. No, they did draft Luca, but they traded. They traded because the the how the draft works. You you have to draft a player to trade them. You can't trade a pick and then it fucking dumbass shit like that. I've, but I've, they, I've never, I never understood like when that happens. Why does the player have to wear like that team's thing? Like Luca was yeah, wearing Hawks hat. You're getting the play confused, like, oh yeah, I just got drafted by this team, and he's told, like, no, you're actually going, you know. Yeah. Um, and in the interview, they're talking about the team that they got drafted by, but they're still wearing all the gear and they're holding the jersey from the the Hawks or that's just, that's so dumb. But yeah, I'm not I'm not I'm I would be an Atlanta uh, Hawks fan t- this today if yeah. um if Luca was drafted by the Hawks and stayed with the Hawks instead of right uh Trey Young, which he's good. I mean, he's a good player. Yeah, he's a good player, but I mean, all he is is offense. He's zero defense. Yeah. Um, speaking of another thing, I don't really care about, but I guess we have to bring it up for the sake of being Alabama fans. Uh, uh, Alabama baseball is ranked for the first time in I think like eighty years. Is that right? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't remember the last time. I think it was probably two thousand eleven, maybe. <laughs> That's what it feels like. That yeah. the last time Alabama baseball was ranked. Well, I mean, um, they had the uh, 2019. We were like 20 and 0, but yeah, somehow COVID. COVID. But, but yeah, I don't even know if we were even ranked then because we were playing like fucking Tennessee State. And we were the other game. We were undefeated until COVID happened. And then I was like, yeah. when COVID happened. I was like, okay, let's let's just claim a national championship. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I, I'm fixing to say something that like probably a bunch of Alabama fans won't agree with, but I honestly just don't give a shit about Alabama baseball. I'm just being, I have to be honest with myself. And I, I'm, and uh, one thing that I, I commit to is like, I, first of all, if I don't like the sport, I think it's just boring. I'm not, I'm not going to care about the team. And baseball to me is just like, it's, it takes too long. Okay. That's that's the first reason why I don't really care about Alabama baseball, and the second is like they just compared to the rest of the SEC, they they're just they're they've always been way below par. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, yeah, like, I would say that it's just Alabama baseball. I'm not. Yeah, they're ranked. It's just I feel like it's going to be another. It's another one of those things where it's just if if you were to invest yourself in it, it's going to get. Is you're going to get upset in the end because, like, it's just how Alabama basketball is. They get ranked in, like, the top ten. You're like, oh, we haven't we haven't been ranked in the top ten in, like, you know, 15 years nearly. And then our first game in the top ten, we lose. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, that's just how it is. And I feel like that if I were to invest myself in Alabama baseball, that's how it would be. Like, our first series is a ranked team. We're going to, like, get swept. But, uh, yeah, like – I don't know. It's it's just a trap, really. And I haven't been, I haven't, I haven't watched the Alabama baseball game this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't, I haven't, yeah, like I remember watching the SEC tournament when they, uh, uh, God, I forgot who they even played. I mean, 
they made Maybe it twice somebody, in the last, like eight years. Like a, yeah, they had like a little run. It, the, I think they were like the eight seed, and they beat the number one seed. I think they beat Tennessee, and then they like advanced to the second round. And I was like, oh my gosh, they're, they're, they they beat they yeah. beat you know a big team. Wow, are they going to make it all the way? <laughs> yeah, um, like one thing that well, I mean. When Alabama does become good in baseball, if that ever happens, like I'm, not, I can't just jump on and be committed to like what they do because it's not fair. Because I have not been to an Alabama baseball game since Ross Wilson was the shortstop, mm-hmm. and he's like the same age as like John Parker Wilson. Yeah, we, uh, me and my brother went and saw um, that team play in uh, Georgia, Blade Georgia Tech in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all I remember about that game, I was like nine, ten years old, and all I remember about that game was John Parker Wilson was sitting literally five feet away from us, and I remember Ross Wilson caught the the winning the winning out, and I was like, "Holy shit! Like, let's go get John Parker Wilson's autograph." And my brother was like, "What the hell? Hold on, <laughs> let's get out of here. Let's get the future Falcons quarterback, John Parker Wilson. Let's get his autograph." Yeah. I would, but I, I mean, I, oh, oh, when I was in the hospital for my kidney stones when I was eight, I got John Parker Wilson's autograph on a football. And I was like, oh my God, this is, I'm fixed. And in my mind, I thought like, John, I thought he was about to win the Heisman for some reason. Mm-hmm. Like, well, the Heisman winners signed my, my football. But yeah, for Alabama baseball, I just, I don't think Brad Bohannon's the, the guy. The, the, the guy. I know he, he wins. I mean, he's won there but not like, you know, he hasn't won really anything significant. I don't think he's like the culture fit because he's – he he made some comments about, about like some bullshit stuff like uh, player player tuition or something, and it was like, you know, why, why does that even matter? We're, we're talking about scholarship players. Why does in-state tuition matter uh-huh. for, for Alabama when, you know, say Arkansas has it or, you know, they have that – advantage like that's not much of an advantage buddy um and then he was you know you know some most of the SEC coaches have a problem with him because he's apparently a dick and you know I wouldn't I wouldn't uh doubt that I, I think he's he thinks he's he, he acts like he's his team is the Florida Gators when we're really like not. they could be treated as a as that type of team yeah we're like you know the sixth best team in the SEC and he he feels like we're the number one team in the SEC, and it's just like, yeah, that's – I mean, yeah, that's confidence, but it's like you need to know where you are and, like, who you are and, you know, humble yourself. But uh, yeah. I think he's – I think – I don't know. He could be out next – this after this season. I don't know. We'll, I guess we'll have to see unless, you know, we do some crazy shit in baseball, which, you know, it's, it's a pretty a, – a slim chance that'll happen. But, yeah, uh, if I was Greg Byrne, I would just I would make Patrick Murphy the uh, baseball and softball coach. Yeah, just just coach both you know baseball and softball. I mean, I mean really like he's he's done way more he's done way more for Alabama softball than you know the baseball program has in like its own entirety. Can you pitch? Um, if you can pitch like baseball, like you can softball, if that's not a balk, I think we should uh, shave Montana Fouts' head. Just give her a buzz cut and uh, just put her out there. Yeah, she would – she'd probably, she'd probably get, like, six strikeouts. 
is she the most famous athlete that wasn't a that's in Alabama history that's not a, a basketball or football player? Um, yeah, I would say so. She's up there. So. Yeah, she's way up there. She's had a couple. She's had like a few no hitters at Alabama, but um, yeah, like I, I say I'm rooting for the baseball team, but like I'm just gonna forget that they're ranked probably tomorrow. Yeah. Um, but you know, if you cross the other side of the street from the Joel Sewell Stadium, um, there's a football team that practices. And I, I, I kind of watch them a little bit. Yeah, not that often, but you know they're they're pretty good. When I'm whenever I'm bored, I'll I'll see what they're up to. But uh, you know, Bama's in the middle of spring practice right now. Uh, things are rolling and recruiting. Like when it comes to recruiting and uh, you know, the stuff coming out of practice. But um, today you hear you know Tyler Steen, offensive lineman out of Vanderbilt. You know, the very prestigious school up in Nashville. Um. The, the dynasty of football. <laughs> um, uh, but I'm hearing a lot of great things about, you know, Tyler Steen, his build. Um, I've seen his film. He's fantastic. Uh, I, I watched his Georgia. I watched him against Georgia, and he stood up pretty well against guys like Jordan Davis, which is something good. And you can never have enough offensive linemen, which is something that, uh, you know, I'm glad that we're, that we're filling in right now. Yeah, I think, you know, it's a little, it's a little bittersweet. Yeah, like, yeah, I like that. You know, we're getting Tyler Steen, but you know, it, you also have to think like, are we, are some guys not developing as well as or as we'd like as quickly? Mm-hmm. And you know, like a J.C. Latham or you know these, you know, in, an incoming freshman or these, you know, these highly touted, you know, tackles. You know, it's a little worrisome, but it, at the same time, you know, it's very, it's, 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 it's really good to have, you know, good O line depth. But especially, I mean, especially with a guy with SEC experience. Yeah, like imagine this: like you get a degree from Vanderbilt, the most prestigious school in the SEC, and then you go to Alabama to possibly have a chance and win to win a Cotton Bowl, make it, make it to the NFL, and be a first round pick. Like that's the perfect. Like, yeah, Alabama is not the greatest, like, academic school, but, like, that's, like, that's a compl- that's a good – that's a good, like, a couple-year span, like, or a college career, I would say, getting a degree from Vanderbilt and then, you know, having a having a, a strong chance to maybe go to the NFL and be, like, a, you know, first-round pick. I remember uh, when Jordan Brunner transferred from Yale, and whenever I'd see him in practice or see him on the, on the TV, I was like, Damn, I wonder what he thinks about like. I wonder what he thinks about this place. <laughs> but he's from South Carolina. Uh, he's a very smart guy, and he was a good player. But yeah, just seeing guys coming from like Yale to Alabama or Vanderbilt, it's like, God, like, I, I just wonder what you think about this place. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I wonder if like how much of a culture shock it is, like being at an Ivy League school and then coming down to the South mm-hmm. and being at a you know, Alabama, it's just probably like, damn, these girls are crazy. Yeah, which again, like, Alabama's not a dumb school. It's like, it's a very, it's a pretty good school. And um, some say it's the smartest school in the country because I go here. Because <laughs> I go here. Uh, but yeah, this place is fucking crazy. I swear. I, I don't think that, I don't think anybody goes to classes, like, including me. So. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, uh, I'm 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 ready to see what Tyler Steen does. Which um, there's more news coming out. We might double up, double uh, out on Tyler's uh, Tyler Harrell out of Louisville. Um, he's another speedy receiver in the portal, and I'm hearing a lot of good things about uh, him and his chances of going to Alabama. Yeah, I'm, it's sounding like he could be like the next Henry Ruggs. I don't know, like Henry Ruggs, deep threat type. Because before you started the show, we uh, we discussed how he's what has like 15 18, catches 18. for like. Yeah. 18 catches. Uh, 523 yards. Six touchdowns. Every he, he averages 30 yards a catch. He did last year. And one-third or every three catches he has is a touchdown. That's insane. Yeah. Which if you put him in, say you can miss to Alabama, you put him in with Jermaine Burton and Ja'Cory Brooks and all these young guys, we're on a level. I don't think we're on a level of, like, receivers where we were at you know a few years ago of course but we're still probably the best receiving core in in the sec at least yeah i would say so i mean i still think uh ohio state is probably the number one answer with their uh, unbelievable um you know talent they have just uh, uh marvin harrison jr yeah they they got good guys up there but it's ohio state they'll figure out a way to you know, screwed up, screwed up. Yeah, lose to a, uh, you know, Nebraska, a, Mich- a Michigan team that you know doesn't know how to throw the ball. Yeah. Um. But those um, those transfers are going to be good. Uh, I think I can officially say that Alabama's portal, uh, portal U. <laughs> oh, definitely. You know, people. You know, you got USC, you know, getting like 20-something players. You got LSU getting like 15 players, mm-hmm. however many players. But, you know, when, when Alabama gets just four players, the, everybody flips out, you know. And, you know, I guess it's – it's it's uh, I guess it's it's uh, much needed. I don't know because mm-hmm. the quality of these like four or five players are like, you know – completely top tier transfers I'm not just getting like some you know they were starters they were stars out yeah, there like, yeah and like nearly you know a couple of them or one of them was an all-american you know much you know probably all of them are like have the all-conference type level and three of these guys were getting in the transfer portal came from sec schools right um but anyways, we're gonna see these. We're gonna see a couple of these guys coming out Saturday, which is a day. Um, it's always a. I always expect a lot coming out of this game, but it's always pretty underwhelming. Yeah, it's like I always get like, oh yeah, let's, let's go to a day, and I'm like, mm-hmm. damn, I really don't want to go because it's like we're gonna go all the way down there, and it's it's a running clock. Yeah, it's just like you see, you see the you know the top tier players for like you know, five minutes, and then and then they put in, you know, the guys you want to see, you know, yeah. like, you know, the, you know, the five stars, and then and then they'll put in the damn walk-ons, and you're just like, they just run the ball every play, and I'm just... Like Mac Hereford's, Mac Hereford's, like, returning kicks by the second quarter. Yeah, it's just like, what the fuck, like, this, yeah. is, this is this is what I came here for? This, like, this is what I paid for, huh? <laughs> <laughs> this is what I got in free for. Come on, <laughs> but but I have to say something before we get into like this eight day game. 
I have to talk about what Auburn, how Auburn sets up their spring game. Auburn fans have to pay $10 to get into that game. They pay. Yeah, you know why? Because, because, because they, they're paying like, you know, they're going to be paying Gus Malzahn through, you know, 2040. And then they're probably setting up, you know, firing Brian Harson after this year. And they're so still they, paying they Cam need Newton. The money. They're still paying Cam Newton too. Yeah. I mean, like they still need that. They, they, they need all the money they can get. Wow. You, you got to pay a good head coach like, like Brian Harson, you know. You want to keep them around yeah. so they can keep touching women, you know. Yellowwood ain't ain't, ain't covering shit. <laughs> Yellowwood. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think they should pay fans to get into that game. Hell, yeah. You see how many people were at that game? Like, not didn't even look like 2,000 people. I, I tried to watch it on YouTube, and I just saw, like, T.J. Finley throw a pick, and I was like, nope. And it was like, like good. Yeah, looking real good. <laughs> Um, what a sorry ass program. I mean, the way they treat their fans and everything. Uh, everything school. We're in everything school. Everything, yeah. We came in seventh in swimming. Everything but, school. Yeah, I just love seeing them fall apart on Twitter. They're they're the most annoying Twitter Twitter base in the country. Yeah, they're. They don't make any sense. They're just saying gibberish to make it make them feel better. Yeah, like they'll bring up topics that don't make a like sense at all. Like, ha ha ha, y'all lost this game. You just got owned by so and like so and so. Bruce. And it's the same week. It's the same week they'll lose to like Mississippi State. Yeah, it's it's like while while they're winning in in basketball, they while they're winning in basketball, they'll like. Try to shit on Alabama fans about suck like about football or something. And it's yeah. just like, are you serious? Y'all just went six and uh, what was it five and five and seven and or you know six and seven I guess. Mm-hmm. And y'all tried to fire y'all's coach for for uh, fucking bullshit allegations. Yeah, <laughs> like it's just so funny. It's just like y'all the the uh, the trust the board of trustees tried to form a coup and fire Brian Harson for. Nothing. Yeah. Rumors. I'm. They annoy the shit out of me, but I'm glad they exist. They give me something to like. If I ever need an easy like dub, you know, on Twitter, then they're always they're always there. Yeah, that's, that's my thing. Always like attacking uh, comment sections, which I don't think I've ever lost. Auburn fans on Twitter know how to embarrass themselves. That's for sure. Yeah, but the thing is, they're like they're too stupid to realize it. What what they're saying. Yeah, um, but yeah, uh, this A day is gonna be pretty. It's gonna be pretty interesting. A lot of new faces. Um, uh, there could be a bigger dependence on like some of these young guys compared to last some other years. And um, uh, anyways, it's another top five. Top five, top five, top five. And um, it's it's just gonna be you know players to watch out at uh, A day. So, uh, Ryan, I guess you can start with your five, and then I'll name mine. All right. So, my top five players, I have number one, uh, Jermaine Burton. You know, of course, the big transfer from Georgia. He uh, didn't want to catch passes from Stetson Bennett, so he's coming to catch passes from Bryce Young. Mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting, interesting to see how, um, how he plays, because I've been hearing that he's been, you know, lighting it up at practice and that Saban's, you know, been bragging on him a lot. So, he's, he's one of the guys – you know, probably 
your number one receiver, probably the number one receiver on the depth chart, if I had to guess. But you know, just seeing how that plays out and see how how he how he performs will be a, a pretty big a pretty big spotlight of a day. Uh, number two, uh, J.C. Latham, the former five-star uh, recruit, uh, tackle recruit. Mm-hmm. Um, he played a little bit last year. Yeah, guard. Was, yeah, he played a little bit of guard. And then when things weren't going well at tackle, they moved into tackle and he wasn't really, you know, developing well, I guess, as a tackle. So they just, you know, didn't play him at all because, you know, he wasn't performing what to, to the standards that we needed. So I'm really hoping that this year he's, you know, much, much better and much better developed and, He's a, you know, will form into the player that, you know, came out of high school being. So hopefully, hopefully, you know, our offensive line is a lot better than it was last year. So I'm yeah, hoping JC Lincoln develops. He was, he's an IMG product. I, I expect a lot out of him. Um, if you look at guys like Evan Neal and this year, Tyler Booker came at IMG, which he, I think he's going to be pretty good too. Mm-hmm. For number three, I have uh, Jameer Gibbs. I've really, I've also, he's, he's another player that I've been hearing that's been lining up in practice. Yeah, he's, the, he's the guy this, this year in, in offseason. So he, he's looking to be, you know, RB1, you know, maybe uh, splitting carries, maybe with, uh, with, uh, Jason McClellan, Roy Dale. There's Jason a lot of guys. I don't know. I forgot his name. Uh, but yeah, it, the, our running back room looks hopefully to be a lot healthier and a lot more loaded. Yeah. And Jameer Gibbs will definitely be why he's, you know, a really, really good transfer from Georgia Tech. He, you know, lit it up at Georgia Tech. He actually was deciding coming out of high school, he chose Georgia Tech over Alabama. And, you know, it kind of disappointed even me, a lot of a lot of fans, even me, uh, that he chose Georgia Tech. But, but you know, yeah. he finally, finally made the right choice and, you know, coming transferring to Alabama. So hopefully see him, you know, do some big things in the fall. Uh, number four, I have uh, Terion Arnold. He's a former five-star safety slash corner. Nickel. Plays that nickel spot, really. Yeah, they're. I'm not sure where they're where they're gonna. You know, I'm hoping. I'm hoping he plays. I'm hoping he gets some time in the in the in the A day game. But you know, we never know. He got redshirted last year. Did not. Uh, he did not see any 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 action on the field at all. Uh, the only time I saw him was on like TikTok, and that's about it. So I'm hoping yeah, he. Yeah, uh, pretty he good gets, TikToker. Yeah, he is. Yeah, some some things are a little funny, and then other things like, damn, all this dude talks about is fucking having sex with the sorority girls. But uh, <laughs> I'm hoping he he he. I'm hoping he, <laughs> I'm hoping he'll see the field, and uh, I'm hoping to see him at the you know the safety or you know nickel spot. Mm-hmm. Um, and my last guy is Deontay Lawson. Yeah, at a linebacker. I'm hoping. You know, we have Jalen Moody coming back, but uh, he, Deontay Lawson, he was, you know, according to some services, a five-star, you know, linebacker. Uh, he moved up a lot his senior year. Yeah. I'm hoping to see him uh, make a big, big impact this, this fall. And uh, I can really see him, you know, you know, doing some big things on this Saturday. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up leading the uh, whole defense in tackles. So, yeah, yeah Deontay Lawson, 
one guy on defense to uh, definitely keep an eye on. One thing about Deontay, he was he was that that commit where it was that class where we thought it was going to be awful, and then it just turned out to be the best ever. You know, other than that that class A and M paid for this year. Uh, yeah. Uh, I love Deontay Lawson. He he was really underrated compared to everybody else in that class. And um, when he came in as a freshman, I I saw him. I saw his build. I saw the way he played, and I knew he was gonna he's gonna be something real special. Uh, reminds me a lot of uh, a guy like Rashawn Evans or Reuben Foster. Just he's able to attack the gaps, and uh, you know, see he sees the field really well as a linebacker. Which um, out of those five, yeah, I, I feel really good about uh, what Lawson brings. Um, my five. Uh, it's a little bit. It's it's pretty interesting. Um, there's there's a couple faces we've seen, um, but there's a lot of new guys too. Uh, number one or number five for me, I, I'd say, is uh, Jace McClellan. Um, if you look at before he got injured last year, he was playing fantastic. Uh, he's very good outside schemes or even out of the backfield catching. Um, I'm pretty sure. He, I mean, he probably scored t- at least one or two touchdowns every game he played before uh, his his injury against. Um, I guess it was. I think it was Ole Miss. Yeah, it was Old Miss. And um It was Old Miss from Mercer, I would say. But he's so balanced as a running back. And there's a lot of talk about Jameer Gibbs being number one, but I think Jace McClellan is that guy that can that that can make our our uh, our backfield elite, which he's coming back from an injury. And um as for a running back standpoint, you're using as much physical toll as probably anybody on the field. Uh but I, I think he's gonna come back really well and I'm excited to see him this Saturday. Uh, my second, my fourth player is Aaron Anderson. There's a lot of talk um, about the receiver out of Louisiana. Um, I've seen a, I've seen a little bit of film. There was that run where he broke about four tackles in practice, which was pretty, pretty good. Uh, he's that speedy guy outside. Um, he's not. I don't think he's Jalen Waddle speed, but he. I think he's good enough to uh, make an impact his freshman year. And he, I think he's gonna. He's, he could make a couple plays um, in the spring game. And uh, third, this is like from a team perspective and from a personal like personal feeling I'm, I'm really excited to see jeremiah alexander um not only is it is he a thompson product which is my alumni um and yours uh he's, he's probably the best football player yeah he's probably the best football player uh to ever come out of thompson including you know talia and all them but he's gonna be fantastic he and as a freshman in high school you could tell he was just he, he was built to play you know, that edge position, kind of like uh, Will Anderson or Dallas Turner. And I'm not sure he's going to see the field as a freshman, but if he was starting anywhere else or he went anywhere else in the country, he would be a starting edge rusher. Absolutely. Uh, and second, Kool-Aid McKinstry. We saw, especially in the second half of the season last year, he, he, he due to injuries, he had to come in and he made a fantastic impact on the team. Uh, he's a lot more physical than I thought he'd be. He, he's he's really good at tackling, uh, man to man. He's he's very good, even though he's undersized. Uh, I think him and Eli Riggs are going to be the two guys at corner. And um, as a sophomore, I think he's going to. I think he could play like a. Uh, I think he could play like a senior. And also, his name's Kool Aid, which is which is awesome. Oh um, yeah, <laughs> number one. Um, this is kind of a weird pick, but Jaheim Otis, the uh, the lineman out of Mississippi. Uh, these there's some some of these guys come out of Mississippi. They're guys like Terrence Cody. Just these big big chunky guys eat turnip greens and mashed potatoes every day. Um, Rick Davis too. Yeah, they fill these gaps, and um, that's what 
that's what Mississippi's known for. But this guy, Jaheim Otis, I thought he was going to be that type of guy, but there's reports of him like trimming down a lot and just being really muscular as a lineman. Uh, I think when it comes to being as a freshman, it's harder to make an impact at defensive line at Alabama than any position because it just takes, it takes a lot of time in the weight room to get to that. But the, uh, the reports I'm hearing out of Otis is like, he's, he's progressing at a level where he can really, uh, he can, he can probably get on the field. Um, he's a terrifying dude. He's, he's just big all around and, um, you need that, especially at Bama. So he was uh, like three seventy coming in, and now he's like three forty, three thirty. Yeah, that's that's my kind of levels of weight that I like to see in the linemen. Um, I'm I'm really excited to see uh you know these individuals, especially on the defense, because you know what Bryce is going to do, and um, but I think that this defense is what's going to lead us to uh promised land. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but uh. Yeah, safe traveling to anybody who's going to the game. Um, we were talking about how good the, all these players are, but the final scores is going to be like thirteen to twelve. Yeah, the the uh, <laughs> the scoring system it's always been weird. You know, defense gets a gets points for mm-hmm. you know what they do. So yeah, and the playbooks are really limited. If y'all, a lot of people don't understand that, like the offensive playbook is probably like 20 plays at most in spring game. Yeah. Um, so it's not really about seeing how good we are as a team. It's just about seeing these individuals and, um, that's how you should look at the game. And, um, I just hope we gave Alabama fans a good perspective of what, what we're going to see on Saturday. Yeah. Well, we covered a lot of sports today and, um, I'm pretty tired now. Uh, I think I'm going to go home. but once again i appreciate y'all listening to us and um you know i'm glad we're on a on a good pace right now you know uploading every week and um you know during the summer it's going to get pretty exciting to see what we do and uh i just hope y'all stay with us along the way so uh i'll see y'all next week i guess peace